What are some of the biggest college basketball matchups to watch for the 2022-2023 season? Find out coming up on Locked On NBA Big Board. You are Locked On NBA Big Board, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? Welcome back to Locked On NBA Big Board. It's been a little bit since you last saw us. My name is Richard Stamen. You might know me better as at Mavs Draft on Twitter. Let me get some of our names pulled up here now that we're in the right order. If you were watching the last time last week when we ranked our top five front courts in college basketball, I have this completely backwards. We are back to being Richard Stamen as at Mavs Draft and Leaf Tuline to being at Leaf Tuline on Twitter. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And again, if uh, you know, it, it means a lot just listening to us in the absolute absolute dog days of the summer and off season. Right now, there's nothing happening like we are looking at colin sexton is still a free agent outside of that what's been the most exciting thing over the last week in and excluding kd because that stuff's juicy but the stuff that might actually pertain to us here at nba big board talking nba draft college basketball international ball anything it's really just been not a ton so really appreciate you sticking with us as we find more content to dig up and talk about if you're not following us or subscribing us on youtube it would mean a ton if you could uh, we're still trying out here to beat some NBA team accounts on follower accounts. So you don't need to do anything. Just subscribe, not even like share, just subscribe the traditional, you know, uh, lingo. But my name is Richard Salmon. I'm at Mavs draft on Twitter. I'm joined by the great leaf to one of the biggest college basketball um, junkies, I guess is the right word for him. He knows a ton. We're going to talk about some of the big games coming up in this year's college season and the non-conference leaf. What's going on? Doing well. I, I'm busy, busy with a couple jobs right now, but always got time to talk about college basketball. Never, never too early to give some previews. Yeah, let's uh, let's dive right into it. Why don't you kick it off? Uh, let's talk about some big games in the non-conference, because I think every year there's like the Champions Classic, I think is the one it's called. And it feels like it's always one of the Blue Bloods playing. What do you have going? What do you see as the best non-conference game right now? The Champions Classic certainly is one of the best ones, and that, for those of you who are unfamiliar, it, that's when Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan State, and Duke play, and they always rotate opponents, and that's always the first kind of week, week or two of the season, and so it really gives you this awesome event to kick off. We'll see the Blue Bloods live play against one another and, and really have a litmus test for how good these teams are, and the winners of this year's Champions Classic, um, Duke and Duke beat Kentucky and Kansas beat Michigan State. They were both Final Four teams. And so that, that is always a good litmus test. But the one I wanted to talk about, I think, is the biggest, most marquee matchup this year, and that's Gonzaga and Kentucky. They're playing in Spokane, but not at the Kennel. They're playing at Spokane uh, Arena, which holds double as many people as the Kennel, which, you know, I kind of wish they were playing at, at the Kennel. You know, a, a home and home is supposed to be a home and home. But that that's a new home and home where next year they'll be playing at Rupp Arena. And Mark Few and John Calipari made that happen literally on the phone, they said. But that's the game. They've got the two best players in college basketball, to my mind, in Drew Timmy and Oscar Sheway battling against one another. It's a marquee matchup. There's some uh, decommitments. Nolan Hickman was supposed to go to Kentucky, went to Gonzaga. There's some new faces on each team that are the star in different roles than they did in previous years. And I really am excited for that. And we're going to get to it later, but Gonzaga is going to be a recurring theme in this list because they schedule a very difficult non-conference, which I think compensates nicely for playing in a non-Power 5 conference, though an improving WCC. 
Yeah, I'm trying to pull up their conference schedule that they've shown so far. Um, and they've already actually they've already released their conference schedule. They haven't released their non-conference, which is kind of interesting, uh, or at least on their website. But I know I've seen some games. They yeah, like you said, they'll always they're not scared to schedule big games because they have to. Like that's just kind of the nature of being a powerhouse in, in a mid-major conference is you get some of those and uh I, I think uh, I think you almost have to, and and it's Duke Gonzaga, right? It's the one you said, uh, Kentucky and Gonzaga. Kentucky Duke and Gonzaga. Me. Yeah, was last I know Duke year. has a big game, and I'm scrambling because I had it. Uh, which game they had, and uh, now it's actually oh yeah, yeah, actually it is the Champions Classic. Uh, so just actually kind of feeding off of we'll we'll talk about Kentucky for a second. I mean the Kentucky roster is really good. It's a lot of guards. Gonzaga with uh, Strother, and uh, I'm absolutely I, I drew a blank again. Um, Nolan Hickman. I think Nolan Hickman's in for a really good season. That's going to be a really good test. And while it is the first game of the season, it actually holds a lot of weight because if you look at what Kentucky has done almost two of the last three years on, on my count, the 2019 opener uh, where, I mean, I think they played, was it might've been Duke. They, they played year. Duke in the champions classic and, and got ran out of the gym by Zion and RJ. <laughs> Yeah, and that held a lot of weight. Like you you heard on draft night, people were like, well, he played poorly in the Champions Classic, even though it was the first game of the year. So these games hold weight. And then you look at what happened last year, where I also think it was Kentucky Duke and like guys like Trevor Keels went, like had a really good game. They hold a lot of weight because they are big games, even though like the actual chemistry and just the team function is not there nearly yet. So like you have to counter, you have to account for how much these games weigh. <clears throat> my my pick is um it goes to november 15th so second week of the season uh, i i said duke because that was on my mind duke versus kansas will be a really really good game i think you're gonna get a high level prospect matchup there you got mj rice grady dick on kansas uh, i really like those guys i think they're gonna be nba players and then on duke i mean they're ridiculously stacked i think duke is probably the best second best their top three team in college basketball uh, just talent wise at the very least, but it's going to be a good test for some of those guards like Der- Derek Whitehead. Um, I think versus MJ Rice will be a nice marquee matchup. Tyrese Proctor as well. It's one of those where it's those guys first chance on a national stage. You look at the first three games, uh, or well, one of them is an exhibition. So first two games are Jacksonville and South Carolina upstate. That's not exactly a tough competition, um, but I really like the Duke Kansas game. Is there anything you're looking forward to in that game? Yeah, I'm curious to see how Kansas rebuilds, and they have a good roster coming back. They also brought in Kevin McCuller from Texas Tech, who's been an all-Big 12 performer. Um, and then Jalen Wilson is primed to be the best player on that Kansas team after playing kind of third fiddle, maybe even fourth fiddle on the championship team. I'm curious to see their rebuild. And then, obviously, Duke, it's it's always how well the freshmen play initially. And you mentioned Trevor Kills. I think if Trevor Kills hadn't have had a monster performance where he scored 25 points and defended Ty Ty Washington as well as he did, I don't think he was draftable. Um, not because of his traits weren't good enough, but I think he would have come back to school. But that carried so much weight. Another example of the Champions Classic carrying weight is that Tyrese Maxey had a monster performance against Michigan State. Uh, struggled shooting the ball the rest of the year, but he was on display. He kind of slipped in the draft, but it weighed in my mind enough to have Tyrese Maxey well higher than where he was drafted. And right now, Tyrese Maxey is really good. Jabari Parker and Andrew Wiggins in 2014 played against each other, and they and that was the debate. It's like, well, Jabari played better, but Kansas won. Andrew Wiggins ended up going one, and Jabari with some health injuries. But it, but it really does 
say a factor. Um, another one, and while we're talking about some of these marquee programs, um, it, it's, it's hard to overlook some of those Thanksgiving tournaments, but we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. I think Indiana and Kansas, while we're talking about Kansas, Indiana and Kansas, kind of these old school blue blood traditional powers this year, Indiana's a bit resurgent led by Trace Jackson Davis, Xavier Johnson, Race Thompson, and they'll be playing at Allen Fieldhouse, which is, in my opinion, the best environment in college basketball. And Kansas is also hosting Kentucky later in the season for the Big 12 SEC championship. So those are the three marquee ones for one of the Bain Blue Bloods and the defending champion, the Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah, Kansas is uh, going to be in a tough situation. I don't think they repeat. I think I think that's pretty well known. That's going to be an uphill battle. But it, I think they're still a tournament team very safely. They'll compete for the Big 12 title just like every other year. They're going to have somebody emerge as a as a budding star for them. They'll still be really good, and, and they're well coached, and I think it's going to be a test at the very least, even if the talent doesn't match up for draft-wise. You're looking at some guys being I mean, really just execution. Like Kansas executes. That's why they won the title. They don't stray away from their game plan. And that's actually a test that draft prospects have to face that we don't really talk about a lot is the team element. How are they, you know, when coaching gets in the way, like from the other side, when they're game planned against hard, how do they counter? Not just like, hey, how do, how do they react to one-on-one defense? Like, but genuinely when the other coach is trying to take them out, that's huge. So um, that's a that's a really good point. Kansas has a good schedule. Uh, almost always does, it feels like. But uh, we'll be talking about some more. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar. If you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. It's delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built Bar has done it again. Let me introduce you to the new favorite, your new favorite, cookie dough chunk puffs and they have a white and chewy texture. I've actually already gone through my box I got like last week. Uh, they're real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, and it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein. So go to built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It'll be the perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just keep them all for yourself. Uh, it's kind of what I do, even though I live alone. I don't let anybody near them if it, people are coming over. That's my stash. Uh, so like all Built Bars, though, they're the new cookie dough. Uh, the new cookie dough chunk puffs is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. It's chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. It is so good. What's great about Build is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good for you, tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite. Build is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a built bar. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order for an exclusive offer. Use promo code LOCKED15. So my name is Richard Stamen. I am joined by Leaf Tuline. Uh, he is one of the biggest college basketball uh, junkies in, on, in the land. You can find him on Twitter, always tweeting about it. I'm Mavs draft. I, I am credentialed at TCU. So um, I figured eh, let's let's talk about TCU. Actually, I they don't have a crazy schedule by any means, um, but they have some interesting games. I think one that I'd, I'd want to talk about here is they have a midseason tournament in November. They play either Clemson or Iowa. And we've talked about TCU a decent amount on here. I know Leaf was at the game against Arizona, so I've turned him into like a TCU uh, 
expert at this point. We talk about them a lot, just like what could go wrong, what can go right, all this stuff. We'll probably eventually even do a preview episode just for TCU. So if you're a Horn Frog fan, come October, we'll probably do that. Um, but they have a big game uh, against Iowa. I, I really want that matchup to happen. I think there's like a certain set of uh, pretty much both teams have to win, to my understanding. It's not that that crazy. And I'd really like to see that. Chris Murray versus Eddie Lampkin, really even Chuck O'Bannon. Um, TCU is a defensive juggernaut at this point. I think they will be at least like they just keep getting him better and better. And like, I really like Rondell Walker. He'll make them even better. It doesn't really affect Chris Murray. Uh, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here, but they're very sound fundamentally on both ends of the floor. And I'm interested to see how Chris Murray plays against them because Chris Murray is somebody who I started seeing as a top 30 prospect for this year. His brother was just drafted top five. So there's obviously a lot of hype around him. Really curious how he looks there. And then also how Mike Miles looks because Iowa, correct me if I'm wrong, Leaf, Iowa is still like a decently veteran team, especially guards. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that. I can't remember their guard situation exactly. They, they but... lost Jordan Bohannon, who had been there for That's six right. years. Um, and, and he played in all six. I just want to I just want to clarify that. He's the all-time leader in games played in the Big Ten. And uh, but but the 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 thing about Iowa is they are always have experienced players. They have both McCaffrey brothers. They have Chris Murray. They have Peyton Sanford, who's going to be one of the best shooters. He's going to be like Joe Wieskamp 2.0 at Iowa. And uh, and, and they'll be up-tempo and play to the strengths of what Keegan Murray did, and they'll emulate it with Chris Murray. Um, that'll be a really interesting game. And, I, if, I mean, early on, obviously, things can change. I'd lean towards TCU winning that one. TCU is also coming to my hometown and playing Utah. Not that that's a terribly intriguing game, but I'll be there in a – you know, you know, I'm I'm a horn frog guy now. I, I I watched their watched their two games against Seton Hall and Arizona, and I was really impressed with Coach Jamie Dixon. This is a team that I know Richard talks about them a lot, and it's because he's credentialed there. But he knows what he's talking about. This team is going to be probably a top twenty, top fifteen team all season long, and could contend in the tournament. Yeah, TCU is. I mean, they're just they're going to be good. And and while we're here, I'll really relay. I'll I'll dig a draft uh, knife, I guess, through this is. You look at Mike Miles, he's definitely their NBA prospect. I don't know how many NBA prospects they truly have uh, on TCU, but they have a lot of pros at the very least. I'd, I'd say at least three off the top of my head. Uh, I think Rondell Walker's one. I think Damian Ball's one and Mike Miles, without a doubt. What's so appealing about Mike Miles, and I'm actually going to look up his birthday because I know it's this month. He, Yeah, he's still 19 years old until the end of August. He just finished his sophomore season. He is ridiculously young. So... I'm not really worried about his inefficiency that he had his first two seasons shot under 40%. Uh, let me get, actually just pull up the stats while I'm, while I'm just talking, but he averaged 15 points a game this last year, 38% shooting 29 and a half percent from three, 76% from the line. Not that efficient. I, I completely acknowledge that like what I'm about to say, the stats don't back this up, but I think you look at the process of how he does everything and, and it's going to be, he's going to explode. I think he's going to get towards 43% from the field and also 35 plus percent from three. I don't think that's very unrealistic. His free throw percentage has always been good. 83% as a freshman. So shooting upside is there. I think personally, I know undersized guards aren't the hottest commodity at six, one Mike miles. Isn't that, but somebody who can be like you look at somebody who is not a liability on the defensive end and can be super sound as both an off ball and on ball guard. Mike Miles is easily a top 20 prospect for me next year. I mean, young, he'll be 20 years old as a what would be a rising senior that age. And he's just a floor general. 
I think you look at the guys like Jalen Brunson in this league, there's no reason to think he can't do that again. Like he can't be that new version five years later. And Jalen Brunson's a top 15 player, maybe almost top 10 from a stacked class. This is also a stacked class. I think Mike Miles would be up there. So that's kind of a hot take, but um, I don't know if you had any thoughts on that or if you wanted to list another game, because I kind of completely turned this away from the schedule and into Mike Miles talk. I, I have I have a transition here. It's the Big 12 SEC Classic is, is something that, for those who don't know, they play midseason, so this isn't early. This is where teams have already played about half their conference schedule, and they play the end of January. And uh, a lot of tournaments do it. The ACC does it as well. Um, so, But I've got a few games to list off on this, and I'll kind of explain why they're super significant. Uh, my favorite one, I'm just going to bury the hatchet. These are two of my favorite teams in all of college basketball, and they're going to play each other, and it's Arkansas at Baylor. They played in the Elite Eight in last the, the year before this past one's March Madness, and I think both teams are are going to be top five teams most of the season. Uh, Keontae George, Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer, and one backcourt, Anthony Black, Nick Smith, Jordan Walsh, kind of one, two, three for Arkansas. Obviously, Trayvon Brazil and Ricky Council, the fourth for, for Arkansas. This is a loaded game. I think this may be my favorite game in all of the season. Obviously, it's early, so that can change. But on a blank slate, you look at this, maybe my favorite matchup, and that's January 28th. Already kind of clear out time on the January the 28th and watch that one. Um, another game that's from a, a classic. Um, this is an, another um, ACC Big Ten. I, I think Duke and Ohio State's going to be an interesting one. You've got some new players for, for Ohio State, and then you've got the talented freshman of Duke we've already talked about. And then a couple story programs play each other, Michigan and North Carolina. Uh, Michigan's going to have high expectations. You got two high-profile big men in Armando Bacon, Hunter Dickinson battling, and that's in the first ever Jumpman Invitational, and that's obviously named after Michael Jordan and Michigan sponsored by Jordan Brand as well. So you, you've got plenty of interesting. Michigan also plays Kentucky in the same month, and then do we want to talk about the tournaments, like the the kind of the feast week tournaments in the next segment, or should I just kind of keep? I was keep... I was going to say let's actually end with those. Uh, so okay. let's talk about some of those that you brought up. Um, I mean, Michigan versus uh, North Carolina. You said was one. Yes, Michigan, yeah, North Carolina, be, and Michigan, Kentucky. That's going to be really good. Um, I really, really like that. Um, just simply because the guard matchups feel really strong. I love Kobe Bufkin. I don't know if he's an NBA guy, but he's really exciting. Him versus Caleb Love and RJ Davis would be really fun. Maybe Jet Howard, if he is, I don't know what his like his actual upside really is, but he's also exciting. And Hunter Dickinson versus Armando Baycott, absolute premier college basketball matchup down low. So I really like those. Yeah, they're going to be interesting. And both those teams have super high expectations this year. And I think that always plays a factor, especially because those are in January. So these teams will have time to develop and one more early one I, I feel like we'd be kind of remiss to not mention this is uh michigan state and gonzaga uh they're playing on an aircraft carrier uh much like michigan state and north carolina did i want to say in 2012 yeah um, and that'll be really cool I, i'm excited to watch that one it's a very different environment i i thought it was one of the cooler matchups in the past decade when they did that and then michigan state plays villanova which i don't think is as marquee as that sounds but you got two two premier programs Villanova is going to have the first time facing the non-conference without Jay Wright navigating at the helm. And I'm curious to see how they adapt, especially because they have freshmen, marquee freshmen. And then Michigan State, Tom Izzo, 
Um, he's got a veteran squad and I'm curious to see if he can kind of rebuild a contender. Cause these past few years, they've been a bit of an afterthought. They, they were an 11 seed two years ago. They were a seven seed this past year. They squeaked by Davidson, played a good game against Duke who made the final four, but I want to see if Tom Izzo can make, uh, the Breslin center, uh, a feared place like it was for so many years in the big 10. And those are a couple games and I'm sure I could list more, but those are the main marquee games that I've kind of circled on my calendar preemptively and if you guys think i'm kind of using that as a cliche i'm not i i really do already like book out weekends to, to watch basketball so i'm i'm very excited and i get horribly bummed when i can't watch the games due to work yeah there's a lot of good matchups and i know i think um was it texas a&m west virginia a few years ago like when robert williams was there i think they played on a carrier too i wonder i'm curious what the shooting numbers look like historically on that because i feel like outdoors just generally might be lower percentage but who knows? Uh, we're going to talk about some of the um, end of, or excuse me, the midseason tournaments to wrap this up. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. So let's talk about some of the midseason tournaments. There's, to me, there's two that really stand out. Uh, one of them's kind of more formal of a tournament than the other. The other is just kind of a, a little fun challenge that teams do to schedule. I'm staying on Duke here. Uh, we keep talking about these ACC schools, but the ACC Big Ten's challenge, the game that stands out to me the most, Ohio State versus Duke, very excited for this. That, those are two teams that are absolutely stacked at young guards, really experienced guards, because you look at Ohio State got Isaac Likely from Oklahoma State, who's one of the very best defensive players in the entire country. He is Patrick Beverly on defense with minimal offense. He is going to have a uh, – it's going to be a big test for both Derek Whitehead and Tyrese Proctor in the backcourt. Really excited for that. And then on the other end of it, Roddy Gale versus on Ohio State, somebody who could be a one-and-done guard versus Derek Whitehead and Tyrese Proctor. I think that's really big chance for all of these guys to show out. And then the other one, uh, this one's the more formal tournament, is the Jimmy V Classic. So the first game is Texas versus Illinois. That's a lot of guards, too. I, I like Sky Clark for Illinois. He's going to go against Tyrese Hunter, Arteria Morris, Marcus Carr at Texas. But the one I really like, I think even more, is Duke versus Iowa. I keep talking about both of these teams a lot now. But just you look at Derek Lively versus Chris Murray or even Kyle Filipowski versus Chris Murray. Duke is stacked. You could you could kind of just mis mismatch who goes against Chris Murray. I really like those matchups. I think that's going to be a premier draft game to watch where you can have some serious takeaways early in the season. Uh, although it's not that early in the year, I think it's um, when, do you know when the Jimmy V classic is, I just X out of the Duke schedule thinking I had it. Cause I had this up. In I, two think, places, I think that's but... a, that's a mid season tournament. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's December 6th. So yeah, it's, it's early it's in non-conference, but, but this is one of the games the first weeks. Yeah. It's one of those, it's one of those tournaments where you look six months before the draft and it still holds a ton of weight. So uh, I know you also had some, big tournament games you wanted to talk about which one which oh, yeah. other ones stand out I, i've got i've got plenty this is feast week everyone talks about watching football but I, I i watch copious amounts of basketball um and let's start with the maui gym invitational this is always a great tournament it's in lahaina hawaii um creighton and texas tech in a quarterfinal like that could be that legitimately could be a sweet 16 elite eight game and they're playing in a quarterfinal of a tournament uh the other matchups are louisville versus arkansas arkansas i already mentioned i thought it could be a final four team ohio state versus san diego state and i think that's a you know a, a round of 32 type matchup 
happening in a quarterfinal and Cincinnati versus Arizona, Arizona just has a number one seed and Creighton. I, for, I kind of neglected to mention that I think they're going to contend for the big East title. That's an amazing field. Um, and, and so it's Creighton and Texas tech and Louisville and Arkansas on one side. So you can see Creighton and Arkansas too. Hopeful is a final four. I'm a little hesitant to say I believe in Creighton as a final four contender, but they have the talent to be so. And on the other side, you got a guy, a team in, in Arizona that really had that opportunity. Ohio State, we've mentioned how we're there, kind of a sleeper contender. And I've got a, another tournament that, that's new. It's not a, it's not as established. Um, it, it is the Continental Tire main event, and it's Virginia, UCLA, Baylor, and Illinois. Um, those are some really, really high-profile uh programs right now um and there's it's baylor versus virginia at seven on uh espn2 on friday november 18th and ucla and illinois follows that at 9 30 and that's just a game where i think you're going to see some high file high profile recruits i think keontae george is going to have his hands full with uh with reese beekman who in my money and, and richard and i probably disagree on this i think reese beekman's the best guard defender i have a hunch he's going to go with eric Gaines, which i respect but but i disagree um, and then you've got UCLA, who's got the two guards, Tiger Campbell and now Amari Bailey versus Illinois. And so you got a mix of kind of rich tradition schools and some new guards there. Um, and then the championship will be following that. So it's some really, really impressive games there. And then, of course, the, the battle for Atlantis is, is another one. But, but we could go on and on. Um, do any of those games I mentioned draw a particular intrigue for you? Well, I like uh, the Continental Tire. Uh, main event and shout out to Monmouth and uh, Norfolk state also participating, but I, something tells me they're not going to draw as much of uh, like a chance to win as some of the other ones. The, the best matchup in there that really I'm dying to see is Baylor UCLA just to get Keontae George and uh, Langston love versus Amari Bailey, Bailey, even Adam Bona versus Jonathan Chama Chachua, uh, who by the way, super underrated draft pick, but Really like your picks as well. There was one other um, that had stood out to me, and now I, I have to search and find it because I – oh, it, it's not one. It's not a big one, but there is a draft matchup that I think people should watch. It's not necessarily they're guarding each other, but they probably will guard each other uh, just because of the nature of switches. And that is at the Shriners Hospital's Charleston Classic. Uh, actually, I don't know why I went read with the sponsor on it, but it's a Charleston Classic. South Carolina versus Virginia Tech. That's going to be a really good matchup. I really do like Gigi uh, Jackson, and um, and he's going to be going against Roddy Rice, Rodney Rice, excuse me. Um, so I really like that matchup. South Carolina's Gigi Jackson, Virginia Tech's Rodney Rice. I think that has a chance to be one of the better games of that week, uh, and I think that's also around Thanksgiving, if I'm not mistaken. I know it's like the 17th to the 20th, but I don't know when Thanksgiving is this year. That's another one to watch. Gigi Jackson, you're going to love him this year in college basketball. I think a lot of these guys who are unknowns and the next year's recruiting class and then reclassify, they make for a lot of fun just because there isn't a ton of film out on them. But uh, I know we also have the film, the Phil Knight classic. Lee, if you want to talk about that as well to close this yeah, out. Yeah, this is this one is is new. It's brand new. Phil Knight, obviously, the namesake is the one running it. And it's all the Nike schools that you can imagine competing against each other in two separate brackets, and there'll be two champions crowned. Um, this may be the coolest event in college basketball. It's also in Feast Week, I believe, because Thanksgiving is always on Thursday. I don't know this for sure. Um, that the Thanksgiving will be the 24th. So this is all leading up to it. So there's the Phil Knight Invitational, is one of them, and that's feature schools such as Alabama, Iowa State. Michigan State, North Carolina, Oregon, Portland, 
UConn and Villanova on one side. And then you have on the other side, it's called the Phil Knight Legacy Bracket, Duke, Florida, Gonzaga, Oregon State, uh, Plymouth State, Purdue, West Virginia, Xavier on the other side. And this features game just in the quarters. There's obviously, you're going to go semifinals and finals too. This is not just a one-off. Carolina plays Portland, Iowa State and Nova. That's a sneaky good game. UConn and Oregon, Alabama, Michigan State. And then on the other side, you've got Duke, Oregon State, Florida, Xavier, which I actually am very excited for. Purdue versus West Virginia and Portland State versus Gonzaga. And that would produce a Gonzaga versus Purdue, probably Duke versus Florida or Xavier. And they play until the finals and you get two champions crowned to the Phil Knight Classic. Really cool new event that I am super eager to watch. And I'm hopeful that I can just kind of camp out all Thanksgiving and and be undisturbed and watch, I want to say, six games in a row. Um, We'll see if that happens. I'll I'll report back. But uh, I'm super eager for that. That feast week is going to be spectacular with with the Atlanta. um, I mean, not the Atlanta battle for Atlantis and Bahamas. Maui Gym and the Phil Knight Invitational and Legacy Tournament. Uh, four basketball tournaments. No football will be watched by me. It's basketball week for me. Yeah, it's going to be a fun, fun week. November is always really fun for these midseason tournaments in college basketball. You hear about football dominating Thanksgiving, but which like rightfully so, but college basketball is really underrated in that, and it's growing, I think, in that regard of, of making a name for itself. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been uh, our show talking about some of the big – matchups to watch in college basketball and the non-conference as the schedules continue to come out usually around within the month the whole season will be revealed so we'll have a lot more to talk about in that regard so that'll be really exciting i know it's not the most exciting topic but it is really fun to kind of see hey let's let's circle some games in in advance for which matchups and draft prospects we want to see i think it's really exciting but if you're not if you're not subscribing to us on YouTube, would mean a lot. Again, at Locked On NBA Big Board, it's just the first thing all you do is hit subscribe, close out of your tab, whatever it is. If you're watching on YouTube already, thank you very much. Give us a follow on Twitter with our names below at Mavs Draft and at Leaf Tween. We will be back this week. Have a wonderful rest of your day.